Oh, yeah, sick. my daughter's a good surfer. I mean, she um, no way. She came in fourth place last week uh, in a surf? surf contest. A little bit, you know. But where did she get surfing from? Um, I mean, I used to take her out. Yeah, okay. from me, for, definitely from me. But she goes probably three times a week now. She's like super into it. And um, Dawn Patrol. Um, no, she goes in the afternoon with oh, her. Yeah. She goes with a, a bunch of other kids, and so it's like after school. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she loves it. Yeah, she came in fourth place out of five people. So. Whatever. <laughs> this is right. still hey. epic. She showed up. I got second to last in my first skate event. Oh, really? Yep. Second to last. Second to last. After in out of like forty people. <laughs> what are they? What was the competition like? A vert or? Uh, it was bowl. Okay. Yeah. Twelve and under, unsponsored, one A category. You showed them. Whatever. Yeah, got you. <laughs> <laughs> John Feldman is here. Yeah. Goldfinger. <laughs> Woo! Thanks for having me. I love yeah. your shoes, man. Oh, thanks. Rick Owens, dude. Mod's son turned me on to these. He's like, dude, Rick Owens is the best. That's dude. my color, too. Yeah, Pepto-Bismol pink. Can't go wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love my, it. I'm giving my car that color. Are you really? Yeah. What kind of car? Wait, I thought you gave up on the M3. I told, I'm doing a Ken Block rap uh, for yeah. his Hunicon. Hunicon. Yep. In pink, and then I'm gonna change, like get the. I'm not gonna have the sponsors. I'm not gonna yeah. have a monster logo cool. on it. But yeah, I'm gonna. So we we were in Deer Valley like two months ago, and Dingo actually hooked me up with Ken. Brock. You friends with Dingo? Yeah, of course. Yeah, That's my guy. Two days before he passed, you know, it right. was crazy. Oh, wow, crazy! What a weird world we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, I don't awful. like that one at all. I saw Dingo at Ken's service. And he's like, oh, man, I'm going to see you on Saturday. Yeah. What are you talking about? What's Saturday? And he's like, Goldfinger. I go, That's right. How, got- what are you, how do you know about that? No one knows about that. Like, we, you and I knew about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. That was it. I he- know, because uh, <laughs> Nick Gross is the drummer of my band, and he's really tight with Dingo. Yeah. So he must have told Dingo that's how it happened, you know? I yeah. saw a video on his story on Instagram of, of us you singing. Warming up. Warming up. Yeah. And I was like, what? Wait. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're all there? Yeah. Yeah, six degrees. Yeah. That you was fun. S- you definitely sang. That was fun, you man. Were there. That was really yeah. fun. So uh, what we're talking about is that I got invited to sing Superman at the Goldfinger show recently at House of Blues in Anaheim. Um, and I had sang that song with one of the THPS cover bands in London, the 900 band. Because he's a professional singer. Because that, that was a surprise. We're calling it singing? Is that what we're calling it? Was that? I said, are we calling it singing? What I don't you know. Did? Yeah, you are. Is that what you it was? killed it. I was gonna say, it's, it's, my, it. it's my karaoke, whatever rock star you're, fantasy. You're, yeah, <laughs> for how good of a skateboarder you are, you're an excellent. Singer. Oh, thank you. It was fun. It would, honestly, I watched the performance back. I was like, ah, oh, all right. It was great. It was fun though. Who yeah, is the greatest professional it. skateboarding singer? It's it's me, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Who else can sing like Tony? I don't know. Right? But it was really cool hearing you tell the story about Superman yeah. before that. Because I had heard bits and pieces of it when you when you talked about it that well, you tell the story. Yeah, who I mean who would have known back then that like a video game would change the trajectory of a rock band, you know, back in nineteen in the late nineties or two thousand. Yeah. When was it? Ninety nine. Ninety nine? Yep. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, I had no idea. I was I didn't know that it was going in this. In, I mean, I had, I'd written the song. I lived, was living in Santa Monica, and I wrote the song. There's a song called Question on our second album, Hang Ups. And then I wrote Question and Superman. It was going to be like this kind of big 10-minute-long opus, like this, this big idea. And I cut them into two songs, and Superman just became this thing because of the game. Like, we were on tour in England, and I had no idea that it was, it was even in the game. We are on tour with the Bloodhound Gang, which is kind of some random band, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, we played, like, people were just standing there watching the show. Halfway through, we played Superman, and the place just circle pit, and everyone's stage diving, and it just goes ballistic. And after the show, I'm like, what is going on with Superman? And we called the label. It was just, it just in the died. set? It wasn't, like, the last song? It was in the middle of the set. Yeah. We had no idea. It was just a random song that was on our second album, and it just became, like, this... I don't know, because of the video game. It just changed everything. So grateful 
for That's that. That's so cool. I, I, do you think that people came knowing that you guys wrote that song? 100%. 100%. No, but I'm saying, you're, you're saying that it wasn't, there wasn't much happening until that song came. But, but The they video came, game changed like they, in, in England. Be, <laughs> right. I mean, England was like, I don't know. I mean, at that point in time, like, like skate punk and ska punk and that whole movement was so, so huge at that time. And it just was this perfect storm of everything just happening. <laughs> you know so what I mean? What if, it's funny to think that that song may not even have been included in your set. It wouldn't have, yeah. Because you didn't even know. No, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, I mean, since then, it's like everyone, I don't know, like that game just changed everything for me, you know? Did that for In a my few band. people. It was, yeah, a lot of people. I've never even played it. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best quote. Do you have that? <laughs> I've never even played I, it. I love how pumped you are that he didn't play it. <laughs> I do. I love that. You're so stuck. Because no, yeah. people would never say that even if they if they didn't. Like, oh, you there are that. skaters that have been in the game. They're like, oh, yeah, I played a couple times. Uh. Oh, the, and they're in it. They're in it. They're characters, yeah. yeah that, that's I'm not, funny, I'm not naming it. names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I'm in it. I, mean, I saw, I've seen it. Like, our drummer at the time was a huge addict, so the back lounge of the bus, he'd always be have it. And, and there's a visual of me in a suit, and I'm, like, you know, dancing in the background of yeah. the first, like, wherever you go in the, in the beginning of the game. Right. So I'm, I'm in it as well, which is, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you watch that? I've seen that part of right. it, yeah, for sure. How Darren, many times did you see that part? I saw, I saw when well, he showed it to me once. He's like, this and you is were like, epic. good, that's like, me that's in the game. That's me in the game, dude. Right. Yeah. I was, so I'm right. a hidden character in one of the games, and I gave that a, a thorough going over. I played myself. Oh, you did a lot, and I did. I do on in his game. I don't. I'm not good at doing technical stuff and getting a lot of points because all I want to do is try to recreate me. Real tricks. Yeah, real yeah, tricks. That's me. I just try to do my lines that I would do, and obviously they're way better because it's in the video game and I'm not old. Yeah. So it's like flying around like me again. Nice. Yeah. You don't, do you skate still? Yeah. Yeah. Not as yeah. good, but I yeah. skated in high school. Um, I mean, I, I started bleaching my hair because of Dwayne Peters. It was like yeah. Thrasher Magazine was how we found every band. Yeah. You know, like Frontier Records was like I discovered Adolescence and TSOL, Circle Jerks, all those bands through Thrasher. No way. Oh, sick. But it was like when I was a – I got kicked out of high school when I was a junior. <laughs> what did you was, do? Um, I just I just failed at all class. I just didn't show up. I was right. smoking weed and drinking, and I was like a total degenerate, you know, the worst. And uh, but I, but I, we skate this hill called Pepper Lane, and it was like you could get going about probably twenty twenty five. You could just right around speed wobble territory. Yeah. And I was drunk, and I just like did a face plant, and my and like for like six months I had full, oh yeah you know cherries yeah. all over my face, and I'm like from that point on I'm like I don't think I'm designed to be a skateboarder. Were you angry as a kid? Yeah, for sure. Like getting into drinking and all that stuff at a young age, what was what was your beef with the world? Um, I mean, my dad was brutal. I mean, he was a nuclear physicist, so he had this Whoa. smartest guy I ever met was my dad, you know. But he was he had polio when he was seventeen, so what, he was in a what's wheelchair. Polio Polio is like where you get um, paralyzed. So his his left leg and his his right leg and his left arm were paralyzed. So he's in a wheelchair. The whole, like, your childhood, he was like that. 17. He caught it at 17. He was the last guy to catch polio in America. Oh, so no So he way. was definitely resentful, for sure. So and it, look, he did the best he could, and it's like I, I, I've given up, like, blaming anybody. For yeah, my, I I've, I've taken responsibility yeah, yeah, yeah. for my own life. But, I mean, he was very, like, this is what you do. You go to school, you get a job, and this is the plan. And I was, like, playing the bass guitar in punk bands when I was a kid, and he's like, this is not happening. And, and then I just dropped out of school and got kicked out of my home. He didn't agree that. with him? Like, it sounds like whatever he said to do, you wanted to do something else? Oh, for sure. Right. Just yeah. Because of the way that he treated you, you think? or um, Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I probably found punk rock because of rebelling against my dad. I was the initial right. part of it. You know, and he was like, you're never going to make it into the music business. And, right. and, that and so would've... part of it was right. my drive to right. prove him wrong. Yeah. All of it, you know? Yeah. But in the end, you know, before he died, I mean, I was I was at his deathbed. We had the death rattles, you know, but at the end of life, sometimes you get these shakes. And I was, uh -huh. I held him and I said the Lord's Prayer. And it was like I sent him off into the other, wherever, eh. with him. And it was all good, clean. Oh, that's you know? cool. And that's fucking really cool. From Did that, like, feel from. like a better, like, after that you felt like something that was off your shoulders, kind of off your chest, like you got something? A hundred percent. 
feel yeah. like you cleared it up finally 100%. once and for all. But you made, you made peace also with that that he acknowledged your success. Yeah, I think part of it too is like, how do you really forgive your parents until you have your own kids? And then when you yeah, have your wow. own kids, it's like you realize what it, you know, how much you care about something else. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing I care about more than my, my kids. And, right. and I realized how I was so brutal. I mean, I was just... I was the worst. I was punching holes in walls and running away, cutting myself with razor blades. I oh, was wow. like a, a real on a mission. On a mission. Again, and then you know, what was the music saved you from like what, what changed you from are you still angry? Like you have a temper mm -hmm. and shit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were just me, before we started, you were just telling me how uh before you go on tour, you stop caffeine for two weeks. Oh yeah. Which is that gets me angry. I mean, I've heard of some crazy yeah, yeah. stuff. That seems really crazy to me, considering how much intake I have of caffeine. Yeah. I feel like that would just cause me headaches and stress and Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Caffeine is definitely I'm definitely an addict. Start to finish. But you go Whatever. cold turkey for two weeks. Uh, said, I, oh, before, before, before I tour. go on tour, I'll quit caffeine. My doctor told me the acid reflux is messing with my vocal cords. And so uh. he says two weeks, stop caffeine. That's matcha, everything. Cut it out. And then I just do vocal warm-ups. But yeah, caffeine is definitely, yeah, you can see my angry side those two weeks before <laughs> tour for sure. Ask my wife. Yeah. Wait, and then you can drink coffee once you get on tour? No, when I'm done. But we, okay. only, we only play like, we have a world's record. We did 385 shows in 1996. We have a world's record for most shows played in a touring band. We, we, we would do like it's an more than a show a day. Yeah, afternoon show for the kids and oh. then an, a night show for the adults, you know, and just we went hard. And, uh, and now we don't. We play like 20 shows a year probably. Yeah. So it's okay. Yeah. You made it through. Yeah. Because that sounds like you, that's not a thing that you could uh, continue Doing doing three doing shows every day of the entire year. Dude, I have herniated you know C five six herniated oh. disc. I've had five surgeries on my knees. Dude. Like I you know ACL reconstruction, the whole thing. Because we're well, not ACL like a, reconstruction. Yeah, from, all of it from jumping up and yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. From we we were playing a show in in Spokane and and I was jumping off the monitor. And oh. I, they turn off the lights and I land and oh. I heard it pop. It was like <laughs> in my head, you know, in my in-ears, I heard it pop. And I'm like, I, I just knew it was over. And I had to get, so I got a cadaver's ACL in me. Yeah, I got one of those. You yeah, got the same thing? I yeah. got that. From skating? Cadaver, MCL, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that runs rampant in our business. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> Did of, you continue singing? Yeah, we finished the show, of course. Stand, you could get up? I mean, it was like super wobbly. It felt, oh, there was no dude, like, yeah, I know what it is. You yeah. know that whole thing, and I just, so you yeah, just we finished it. Stayed stationary for the rest of the set. Just hung out and just, <laughs> I was like, I went right to the emergency room. They took an X-ray, and they were like, "You're screwed." Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. That's wow. A, that's a skate story. I yeah. know. But that's it's like very that, kindred in, in skating. I mean, growing up, it was like all the shows that I saw, it was always like, you know, Jack from TSOL and, and yeah. I mean, everybody like Keith from Circle Jerks. It was like ballistic. Yeah. You just go as hard as you can. And that's what you do on stage. You go really hard. And these days I see bands that aren't really that passionate. And I'm just like, what is going, what's happening? Yeah. How do you not just everything that you have? Yeah, yeah. You know, in well, whatever you do. What was the first hint of success that you had? Um, we played, uh, I mean, w w what turned it for me is we played our, our church. We played, uh, I, I was 12, and, and my band was called Family Crisis, of course. And we played, <laughs> uh, you know, St. Andrew's Church. And it was like, we opened with uh, Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK. And it starts out, I am the Antichrist at my <laughs> church. And I watched the priest just... He like puts his hands on his head to run over to unplug the fucking PA. And I'm like, this is what I have to do the rest of my life. Yeah. Right here. That was like my first taste of like what it's like. Did they shut you down? They shut us down. Immediately <laughs> shut us down. So it great. was like one song in and I knew it, you know. But I remember our very first Huck Jam tour uh, started with that song in the intro. And I realized at some point on tour, like the very first thing anyone sees or hears of our show is I am the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's so gnarly. The Sex Pistols were so gnarly. They would never exist in 2023. Right. You know what I mean? It's like they would just, it wouldn't, they'd be canceled immediately from the t-shirts to everything. It would just be, and they changed my life. You know, I'm friends with Steve Jones, who's a lovely guy. And, and it's like, they changed my life. And it's weird how it, it all happens, but I guess the first like success I had was like, 
you know, I was working at Nana on the promenade. It was a punk rock shoe store. They sold Monkey Boots, Creepers, and Doc Martens. I was working there, and they started playing my song on K-Rock. And, like, K-Rock was, like, Rodney on the Rock, my album, yep. that, that album that had every single, like, social Amoeba. Uh, yeah. Uh, it started with Amoeba. Bloodstains. Yeah, all of it. Yep. That yep. was, like, the record. Rodney on the Rock for volume one. Yeah, same. It was the record that... I found all those fucking bands. And so Circle we were jerks. they played us on K-Rock, which they played all those bands. And Social Source is still my favorite band. Like all that, I was like, it all came together. I was in my Dodge Colt. I'd bought this car for a hundred dollars for my grandma. And uh, it was like it had one of those fuzzy steering wheels that I ripped off. Yeah. So like in summer here, I, my cans would get glued to the steering wheel from all the glue that would be there, you know, and I would just drive around with my Pennywise and no effects bumper stickers and just it was all on the radio, and I was like, I've I've made it. Which I was Working. It was a here in your bedroom. Was oh, the yep. first song. You know, which so I was wrote. that was it Rodney on the Rock that played it? Uh, Rodney on the Rock was the first guy that, to ever play us. Yeah, that's that seemed night. like in his wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, for sure. He was such a legend, that guy. Yeah. Uh, is he still he's still alive, isn't he? I think. I think so. I saw him at a Jane's event or like a Jane's addiction sort of celebration thing a yeah. while back years ago but he was he was still doing it yeah he that guy cared about all of it the scene the bands the music yep. everything you know yeah but, that same album with the girl with the ice cream yeah like that's that. the one <laughs> that's it so cute yeah but for me it's like and it's partly like if i think about it and i'm thinking about it right now like the idea that like i i i made it like i, I had that thought that i made it and i haven't had to go back to selling shoes since 1994 like, I had that thought. It was like the idea of positive mental attitude mm -hmm. that you have that can take you anywhere in life. Yeah. It's so huge. It's all about mindset, you know, I believe. And so I just said, like, I was in my car still selling shoes. I made it. And from that point on, like, I haven't had to go back to a $6 an hour job. Dude, women would come in from the, um, there's all these senior homes off the promenade, and they'd come in and just show me their boils and corns on their feet. What do I do about this? And I'd be like, oh, man, this is my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 385 shows was like whatever it takes to not have to go back to selling shoes. I get that. That, that would be an epiphany for sure. Yeah. I think I did that with radio when I left skateboarding. I didn't feel like I'd done enough. And I didn't want to leave. It was like my body was like, we're leaving. And I was like, I don't want to leave. But my body was like, you should probably leave. And then radio, thanks to Tony, you know, like having me as a co-host. And then when I started, I was like, man, I got a, like a natural ability at this. And I really enjoy it. And then I got asked to move to L.A. to be a DJ. And I just remember thinking, same mindset. Do the same thing you did with skateboarding. But now that you've already done something in 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 the in life where you know you can achieve something, I just it didn't matter how many hours, didn't matter what they offered me, I just did it. I did everything. I like at one point I was still doing demos, and they gave me like a little machine that I would plug in, and I did it in a pig pen. I did my show in a pig pen while the at the end of the demo, and I remember thinking, this is not. Very glamorous, you know, man. This is this is it's a bit of a whoa, you know. We're down here in a pig pen. How many people are actually listening to this crap? Because <laughs> at the time right. it was For a very we small doing, show, we were on you know. Tour and trying to do Sirius XM. Yeah. yeah, that was not the best um, use of our time. Yeah, it was. It well, was we made difficult. It work. Yeah, but I just remember, here. like Killing you said, it. I had this thing where I was like, "It is going to work. Just keep doing it. Just yeah. keep whatever it how is." How did you? It. How did you? Uh, transcend just being a musician to i mean we met the for, for the first time was two years ago yeah uh at avril levine's house yes. yeah <laughs> that was the first time we ever met i mean th this song you know superman follows me around for the last 20 years of my life yeah like i I'll, i've told the story but i'll go into a coffee shop and all of a sudden they'll start playing it like <laughs> oh <laughs> wow <laughs> Or, or I was at a, I was on the street in New York talking to someone, and it starts blasting out of this cafe. And I look over, and everyone in the cafe is like, "Yo!" So it's such a weird song. There's no real chorus to it. It's like it's a very strange arrangement. It's very it's much long well. Bridge. If you think about it, it was, it was so they had to make a two minute version because there were, all the songs had to be two minutes yeah. for the media of the game when it first came out. And then that was the one that would get stuck in people's head, and that that they came to learn about ska and punk through. I mean, I, I do believe that. Yeah. I was proud that we got 
Dead Kennedys on there. I know. You know what I mean? Like for me, that was a big moment. Holiday in Cambodia, was that it? Uh, no, Police Chart. Okay. Um, and then, so I was, you know, I was stoked on that. And Primus too, because that's of the same ilk from me. But but the the newer bands like Goldfinger, that was more the music department of Activision that got yeah. that going. So I credit them for, for, for that choice. But I mean, that song, I mean, it became the title of the documentary. Yeah about the game, um, but what I was trying to get at is, is that I got invited to, to be in Avril's first TikTok. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that would be hilarious because she's like, I want to do Skater Boy as my first TikTok. I want you to be the Skater Boy. I was like, that sounds funny. Okay. So good. So then I brought my uh, goddaughter up there and Lizzie Armanto to go meet her and you were there and it was just funny that it was the first time we met after having, both of us having such synergy with the game for so long. But you produced her album. I did. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that TikTok, by the way, is I think it's like top twenty all time. That video that you did with her. Yeah, it's skating on mini ramp. Oh, I yeah. saw it. It's incredible. <laughs> it just went so crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like you can. No one's got a crystal ball. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. You know, so I can only see how I got from selling shoes to here with you today by looking at how these moments happen. But when, in my when life. did you start doing production? Um, I mean, it was really like in my head. <laughs> I just wanted to be a service and be able to help another band do something. Like you know, when I met, it was really when I met the Use, the things changed for me. But mm. but um, I mean, like we played a Goldfinger played a show in at uh, South by Southwest in, in Austin, and there was. Uh, 20 kids going ballistic. And I'd written Superman. This is 1995. It was already a song mm -hmm. in the set. And in the audience, there was a guy that booked the Sex Pistols tour. So we got that tour because of that show. Kevin Weatherly, that the program K-Rock. So he added our song, you know, because of that show. It's like just this one little show changed everything for our touring career. You know, so you never know. And that led to us going on tour 385 shows. It led to me meeting this band, show off and then messed in Chicago because Q101 played the crap out of us. And I'm like, they're so good live. Those two bands are so good live, but their, their demos are awful. And I knew I could make them better. I just knew mm -hmm. I could from my experience, you know, in the music business so far. I mean, Tommy Lee produced my old band. And so he taught me so much. Tommy Lee was like just such a legend to mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, I can give back. So I found the used and that's what really changed everything. You know, that band just became, it became modern rock radio. They, they changed everything. They discovered my chemical romance. And then like that whole scene, metal, you know, metalcore and screamo and all of it because of the used. And I was such a big part of it. Whoa. I didn't know any of that. Good trajectory. Yeah. But Holy you're right. It, it, it could be just that random one little show. Yeah. But you put as much heart into that one as you... Always. As you Every did time. The, the bigger ones. And that's what matters. I mean, I do feel like I feel, I feel the same connection with that, especially doing skate demos where we were doing demos yep. for 20 kids. Yep. But giving it our all because I don't want to half-ass it. Yep. And you never know that one kid that's going to become the next you is at that yep. event. He does that all the time. Like, I see that. It's one of the biggest. It's probably it's not that difficult maybe for him, but it's a thing that he does so regular when there's, like, littler kids skating. He's always, like, as I remember, I remember looking up to him when I was a kid. I wasn't that much younger, but I still remember being, you know, holy shit, there he is. And then seeing him walk over to a kid and go, hey, man, like, you know, if you, could, you want to help with that backstage or like, you know, trying to give him a pointer. I'm like, giving a pointer to me when I'm like 12 and it's Tony Hawk, <laughs> it's, it, it, if you really love it and, it, and it and it could be something that you could go on and do, there's your, there's your door right there. Like that would trigger you to believe because you think anything's possible. If Tony Hawk's talking to me, anything is possible because yeah. already, you're already halfway there. It's a miracle in itself. Hell yeah. Yeah, Bird, the singer for the U's, he snuck on our bus and he was wasted. Right. He was such, I don't know if you know Bird, but he's I like, do know a, him he's well. He's a disaster in the best <laughs> ways. A beautiful disaster, that kid. Yeah, that's why we're such good friends. Yeah, yeah. He snuck on our bus and threw the demo tape as our tour manager literally picked him up because he weighs about 60 pounds and threw him out the bus. And, I, and the next day, I was just sitting on my bunk, you know, for John Feldman. And I put the demo tape in my, in the back. It was a cassette. You know, for all you kids that don't know what cassettes are, you can, <laughs> you can fuck They're off. They're making a comeback. <laughs> 
<laughs> I put my cassette in. Yeah, I think they are making a comeback, actually. But it was like, I heard his voice and I'm like, dude, I've never heard him. He sounds like Michael Jackson with like Satan, like combined. It's he, like, I, I had a band and he sang a song on the album with me and just came in and, and it was, a you know, the lyrics are ridiculous. Was it a screamy or a singy? He did everything. Okay. Because we let him go. Yeah. It's it like, here's the song, here's your verses, but at the end, go wild. Yeah. So he just did, and, and just did it. Like, he'd have a trash in, can whenever we record the first album, oh, trash yeah. can, because he'd scream, scream so, so hard, much, he'd vomit. He'd throw up, I know. you know? It was, he was like That's, all, dude, he all did or nothing. Every gig for really? a while. Yeah, like every yeah, time yeah. he'd perform, he'd go that hard. We showcased for Lee, uh, Lior Cohen, who was running Island Records at the time, and he threw up all over Lior, the fucking CEO of the record label. And immediately, like, immediately he's like, work, how do we sign this band? How do we sign this band? Oh, wow, nice work then. Yeah, yeah. it was like, that passion is like undeniable when you have it, right? You know? So that that whole thing changed changed everything for me, and it just it turned into. But it's like life is always whatever. It's like we have this huge explosion of all that shit, and then it's like rock music died, and it was like Skrillex and EDM. And my man, my manager at the time was like, "You should change your name to DJ, like to become like an like DJ Felchman or some shit." And I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> I'm like, no way. And I stayed the course. And then I met Five Seconds of Summer, who like brought me into the pop world of everything. And that's kind of like I met Avril because I kind of became more of a pop mm -hmm. producer, mm -hmm. you know? And it all kind of just works out. I stayed the course. I right. said yes to everything. Yep. I just said yes to everything. You know, and it's yep. like I meet kids these days that want to be a producer engineer, and they're like, well, I don't know about this project. I'm like, just do it. Just yeah. do it. When you're yeah. starting out, just do everything you can and learn. Sit in the background. I'll teach you how to make coffee. Make me a good coffee. You can stand behind me and I'll, you can watch how I work. Yep. You know? Yeah, it's so important. That's, I, uh, it's funny because we had this conversation last night because my wife, sometimes she's like, you know, I'll, I'll be doing some fun stuff like that, like singing with you guys. And it's just like, well, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why are you doing that? Like, and I have to, I have to give it some pause. Like, why? I, I think it's a fun challenge. Yeah. That's it. I'm not I'm not aspiring to be a rock star, but then I guess what happens is because I do stuff like that, then I get asked to do more. And so at some point it gets a little That was fun, right? It, for you? That was super that? fun. Yeah. yeah. But I just mean it gets it gets it gets to eat up your time. And so that's her angle. Just like what you have You could be hanging with me. Or no, it's just like you have such limited time going Dude, to do my wife stuff. told me yesterday that my beard makes my face look fat and in my head, on my first thought was like, "You're fucking fat," but I didn't say anything. I just said nothing. Oh my god! I said nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> my conversations are not nowhere wow. near that skewed. Yeah. My head still like goes crazy, but I've learned to pause, <laughs> pause, take nothing. a breath. You know? oh, I was gonna say, that sounds like a familiar. I mean, my wife is reaction. awesome, and she's yeah. Definitely I, look not a bit, I never. <laughs> no, not saying just your your internal dialogue. Maybe. I'm not, going down, I'm not going down with his ship. He's She'll on his own. She'll never watch this, so I'm good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She'll never see this shit. She doesn't give a fuck. I played yeah. her a song yesterday. I wrote, I wrote this song yesterday. I was with the, I'm with the used, and, and I wrote the song about my, my, my mom's starting to get dementia, early onset dementia, and I wrote this really heartfelt song. And she goes, you know, those chords are so predictable. That's what she says to me. I'm like, but it's really good to have someone that's not a yes man around yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yes. there's so many people in my life that are like, Absolutely. oh, it's great. Yeah. Everything's great. Yeah. It's all great. And I'm like, it's not all great. If it's all great, I'd be Max Martin or Paul McCartney. But it's like, I, I can't do that every no, day. No, and, and to have a, a sounding board like that, especially someone you trust with yeah. their opinion, that, that matters. And, and I agree with you too. Like there are, you know, when she says things like that, I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't, I don't know. You know, this isn't all necessary. It's fun for me, but but I should keep it at a minimum. Yeah. That's basically it. That's the conversation. Yeah, we've been together for 26 years, and uh, and I, and she knows, I mean, me as, as well as anybody could ever know a human. And so she knows when I can do better, which is cool to have that, you right. know? And we have a great marriage. I mean, ultimately, it's just, just so long as I keep my mouth shut, 90% of the time, <laughs> we've got a great marriage, mm -hmm. you know? 
what's next for you and or Goldfinger? Um, well, I started a record label called Big Noise with Nick Gross. My, my, he's my partner. This guy, John Cohen, that started Vagrant Records. He signed the 1975 and Dashboard Confessional and every single emo band ever. So we have a, a label together. And so we just signed the Veronicas, who are Australian from Brisbane. Hmm. And uh, they're, they're kind of a rock, pop, dance kind of group. So I'm going to make a record with them. I'm going to finish the next Avril album. I'm with her all next week. And it's just, I mean, I haven't had a day off since the first of the year. So I've been kind of just going crazy since beginning. But I don't know. It's always, something always comes. I met that kid Youngblood. I love that guy. He's amazing. Like just an amazing presence. That guy's got energy for days. Um, But I don't know. Do you feel like when you meet someone like him that that you have an opportunity or a skill that, okay, I can amplify this that no one is seeing. He makes me a better producer, for sure. Because I push harder. Because he, he's he got a barometer in his head of what's what's good and what's not good. He's got really good taste, so he knows. And if it's not good, and he's super positive, so it's never like, that that idea is bad or I don't like that. He's like, let's try and beat it. Let's do something better. Mm. It's always coming from a place of positivity with him. And so it makes me, it challenges me because he's young and it challenges me to drink more coffee and try and keep, <laughs> try and keep up with that shit, you know? But um, That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really, what I do is very unique. It's like, uh, I don't know, the, the idea of being able to write songs to people and produce it and take it to the finish line is something that, like, as a kid, I didn't even know that this job existed. Like, what a music producer does, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? But just like you, it's like at some point in my life, I was like, my shin splints, my knee surgeries, I'm like, I got to figure out a way out, uh, you know? And it's like, and, and it didn't, it wasn't like something as a kid that I thought, like, George Martin is probably my favorite producer who produced the Beatles, you know? He, like, I, I didn't look to him and say, I want to be like that. I just looked at the used thinking I can make their song sound better. And then they got a record deal. And then I got offered a job as an A&R guy because I discovered the used. Then I discovered Story of the Year and all these other bands, you know, like 21 Pilots and, and all these other groups. And it just kind of became a secondary career, but it wasn't like what I went after, but it just came because I was trying to be a service. Is it hard to make adjustments to produce completely different music genres? Well, it just depends. Like I produced that band Disturbed, you know them? Yeah. They're like a metal band and uh, and and they were just, they were just tough overall, just tough personalities. And that's the hardest thing for me is like the psychologist in the room to oh. hear about, you know, we're writing songs about, you know, bad parenting or breakups or, you know, horrific life experiences. And then you get to know these people. And then sometimes people are just hard, tough personalities. And they were tough. You mean like you couldn't connect with them on on a, coming up with a with a concept or... Like, I mean, this they one didn't of the guys in the band had gout, so his foot was all in the thing, and he's like just drinking and eating steak. And I'm like, wait, he's got, got gout, gout, and, and he's you're drinking. like, <clears throat> and the singer was checking his heart pulse because he had heart problems. And I'm like, oh my god, and I'm boxing because I work out every day, and I'm like training, and I'm like, you want to train with me? Like, I don't know, and it's just, it's just you know those situations are a little a little tough. But also you, you compromise what you're doing as a producer when you're trying to bring out the best. Yeah. And then there's gotta be a give and take. Yeah. I can't write hundred percent of a song. It's gotta for another artist. Yeah. They, they've gotta have some input or else it's yeah. gonna be just a goldfinger song with a different singer. And that's not what I wanna do. I right. wanna help. They weren't I'm just I'm sorry, I don't wanna make them look bad or anything, but I'm like they didn't wanna communicate and they're almost dying. <laughs> That's what, like, that's what it was that like. That's literally what it felt like to me. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that way, but I felt like I was about to call 911. Like it was like, 911, when's the one coming? You know, on my phone. It was pretty weird. Oh, man. Yeah, but there's been some tough personalities. I've had, I mean, it's like, you know, if, if you're, most people that want to be in a band yeah. don't really come from the best upbringing. There's not a lot of support yeah. there, most people, yeah. you know. Um, I mean, there's always exceptions. Like Avril has great parents, and Youngblood has great parents. But most of the bands I've worked with, there's someone in the band that's just a little edgier than your normal human. Yep, I get that. You know, do you become a father figure to some of them? Uh, for sure, right? Hundred yeah. percent. With Five Seconds of Summer, it was like those guys looked to me um, as like someone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, because they probably didn't have much of one themselves. Some did, some didn't, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and they're lovely, lovely people. And you were like, like a musical father. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really... That was such a cool experience because they were they, they'd play like the forum, and it was just like they'd invite me to play drums with them and stuff. Yeah. So I'd go on stage and and just like it, it just felt like it was such a great thing to watch a band come from nothing, you know, in Sydney. They lived they grew up in Castle Hill in their little you know van touring the country and move over here, open for One Direction, and then become this game changing band like a boy yeah. band, which I'd never experienced that sort of success on that level. Have you ever experienced helping somebody grow, then they blow up, and then they turn into a complete asshole? Yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. What is the percentage of talent that uh, becomes successful and turns into an asshole? Um, I mean, it's just, I don't know about asshole. It's just the ghosting and the, and yep. the sort of yeah. like better than That's what and I mean. that whole thing. I'm being harsh, but I'm also being a little bit reality-based. Like, yeah, you kind of become too cool. Oh, I work with this one band that I got them I got them signed to Warner Brothers. I got I got this I got the biggest manager on the fucking planet, Jonathan Daniel to manage him. I got him, you know, the best co-writers and then 2 weeks into it he sleeps with the head of the label's wife in their house when he's asleep, oh. sleeps with him. And, I, and, and then I find out about it, and so I have to be the guy that, bear, that bears the bad news. And it's like, it was the, just the worst. And I felt like I was to blame, because I introduced him, the head of the label and this guy. And I was like, so I felt guilty, it was terrible. Isn't it his wife's fault too? That's the next level though. Of course, but dude, I mean, I don't know, just keep it in your pants. Yeah. You know what I mean? How yeah. hard? I mean, how hard can it be? There, you're, if you're so in close. a band already. Yeah, you've got. You know, you but can. You, you made the connection, out. so I made you, the connection, yeah. so I felt terrible. But you had to tell him. I had to tell him. Yeah. Once I found out, of course, because what are you going to do? Not say anything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is that what? Is that what? Did I do yeah. the right thing? Yeah. You're know, being I, the bigger man for sure, but it's like maybe I could let somebody else tell him. But that is very respectable of you. Yeah. Not him. But yeah, people in bands like to drink and do drugs and like women and all of it. So it's all part of like the, the thing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, because I don't drink now. I mean, I had a long period <laughs> where I, I, I mean, I, I was I actually was by a, by a, um, there's a hot dog stand right by uh, Sidecar Donuts. And I thought about Tijuana. I'm like, because I used to go to Tijuana every weekend when I lived in San Diego. I went to Mesa Junior College, you know, after oh, I yeah, couldn't figure out. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. That was the thing. Well, cause you, yeah, because you can go drink that when you're 18. or Exactly. Yeah. So I go every weekend when I was 17, 18, 19 and just get wasted. Donkey show, whatever, like the worst of the worst of the worst. <laughs> we, we drank with this guy El Diablo once that I, I, I blacked out drunk and my, my roommate at the time got kidnapped by El Diablo yeah. and thrown into a sex ring. Like a, like a kid, like he was thrown into it. He escaped, came back two months later, but it was like shit happens and it's so gnarly. That took a turn. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we, used to, we used to go down there and buy a poncho and come back. One of my that friends got ar arrested for peeing in public, and then we had to give them a bunch of money, and they yeah. let us go. Oh, yeah. That's I went to jail stuff. in Mexico. It's not rad. No. It's not, not rad. rad at all. In but Tijuana yeah, or just? In, um, in Rosarito. But I was like, I was working with Five Seconds Summer, and I was just thinking about like, because they were like, what do you, why don't you drink? What would happen? I'm like, yeah, you know, I break out in handcuffs and institutions. And they're like, what does that even mean? They're like, what are you talking about? And then they're like, did you ever get a, did you ever get kicked out of school? I'm like, yeah, I got kicked out of school. Did you ever get a DUI? I'm like, yeah, I got a DUI. And they're like, you ever hook up with a dude? I'm like, let's get back to work right now. Hey. <laughs> it's like drinking was like a whole different, a whole different life. Yeah, me. I've done all those. <laughs> It's pretty yeah. casual. What's been uh, what has been the most fun either show or project that you've got to do? Um, I mean, the Blink One Eighty Two project was incredible for me. I grew up with Travis. You know, we came up in bands together. He was in the Aquabats, and Goldfinger took the Aquabats out on one of their one of our first tours ever, and they were opening for us. And it was like I just you know I let Travis ride on our bus because I'm like this kid. I've never seen anyone play drums like this kid ever. Mm -hmm. He was such a little guy. And I'm like, took him under my wing and just let him ride on our bus. And so we just became homies. And it's like, then he, he joined Blank. And then after Five Seconds of Summer, who his kids loved, he hit me up. He's like, dude, you want to have take a meeting with, with my band? You know, and... Um, and Tom DeLonge just left. Matt Skiba joined the band. And so we just, you know, started from a blank slate and just started writing songs. Hoppus and I started writing songs together and it just became like 
That was one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. Did you tour with them too when that album came out? No, I would go see shows, but uh -huh. Goldfinger didn't tour with them or anything. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think it was The Day to Remember. That, that whole tour was probably two years with The Day to Remember and them. It was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Blank played our very first fundraiser. Uh, I think it was 2004. We had a, at a bowling alley for what used to be the Tony Hawk Foundation. And then 10 years later, one of their first shows when they got back together was our same event that had kind of grown in size and got better venues and stuff, but it was really cool that we got to bookend that. Yeah, that's incredible. They're such a great band. I mean, they're like one of those legacy acts that just keeps making, they write great songs, they're great people, they're great live show, just run one of those bands, you know? And so we got nominated for a Grammy for that album, California. So that was huge for me to be nom nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. You know, and this band that I found, um, Fever 333, they got nominated for a Grammy and I produced that record with Travis. So it all kind of like, I don't know, it's like wow. full circle. When you say you found, do you, are you just, do you just like look around or are you talking about people giving? I probably get 50 a day submissions. People send right. it to an email, you know, and then I just listen, I listen to everything. How long does it take for you to know whether you would want to work with somebody? That's such a great question. Maybe 16 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Like you get a particular talent, you'll hear the voice or the, or like, do you ever catch one of the musicians and go, that guy's definitely going to make it, but I don't know about the rest? For sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it's like, um, I mean, it's, there's no absolutes in music because, you know, if there were, I, I mean, I, I, they, Craig Aronson, who was one of, he passed away, but he's one of my all time heroes in the music business. And he, you know, he's the one that signed My Chemical Rom Romance because of the used, and he begged me to produce their record, and I was like, I just didn't get it. I was wrong. I was so wrong about yeah. that band, you know? And it's like, so there are no absolutes, but one of the things I've noticed, if there's no vocals within the first, like, 20 seconds of a song, typically the vocals are terrible. Like, if they wait a while before the singer starts <laughs> yeah. playing in. So if I'm listening to a song and I'm, I'm a half, half a minute in and there's no vocals, I'm like, this isn't going to work. It's, no I know way. it's not going to work. So there's definitely things that I, no I notice. If they don't get to the chorus, like I'm, look, I'm in pop music. I'm not, I don't do prog rock. I don't do like jazz. So it's, it's, you know, there are certain rules to what I do, like getting to the hook, the, the catchy part of the song right. within a minute is typically what happens. And if I'm listening and I'm a minute and a half in and there's still nothing that's like stuck in my head as an earworm, yeah. I'm going to move on to the next thing, you know? And I want someone that sounds <laughs> unique and different. I want a, a singer that doesn't sound like, like I get so many singers that just sound like Tom DeLonge, like, demos. People just sound like blank. Have you ever given constructive criticism and they did not take it well? Um, yeah, there's a band called Foxy Shazam who I worked with. It, I mean, they were arguably the best live band I've ever seen. The singer would light a pack of cigarettes in his, in his mouth and he, he was so fit, this guy. I mean, he was so in shape and he was like That's a, a very confusing thing that you're putting together <laughs> yeah. right no, but now. He would so, I know, it is weird. Get to he the rest of the Light a whole pack of cigarettes <laughs> yeah. and then eat them. Uh, wait, while they were lit. And he would show me his mouth after the show with oh. all these blisters. In and the he would do it all the throat. time? And he sang like Freddie Mercury. This guy was an anomaly. Whoa. He was a unicorn. They were the best live bands and I gave him, you know, I, I just told him their drummer, is he's like he was like Bruce Springsteen. He was like that good of a front man. Yeah. And he wouldn't, he just wouldn't listen to the label. He wouldn't listen to me. And he just, you know, it never, you guys don't know who, he, who they are. And it's like I've heard of them. Okay. I can't say it. But yeah, they're, they they didn't become Bruce Springsteen. But they right? had the potential. Oh, for sure. It happens so <laughs> many times. Album what? two as well becomes that. Who? Album two, like, like, oh, okay. the second album for yeah. artists, like they want to change everything up and do something. I, I had uh, Andrew Dice Clay on my serious show a long time ago, and it was one of those things where I, I was like, "Oh, cool!" And the boss of the station was like, "We want he wants to have his kids on. They have a band, and they want to come on as well." And I'm like, "I don't want to do that. I just want to talk to him." And then he came on. And then he had his two sons because they're in the band. He had them come in and he's like, let me play you their demo. And I got like a big fan base that are listening and I, and I know if I lie, they'll eat me up. <laughs> yeah. And they play it and it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. Like it's not, you know way yeah. more than me, but I guarantee you that you would have agreed with me where, yeah, maybe next time. Like right now, no, no, I'm not hearing any catchy. I'm not yeah. hearing any talent. It sounded, so I just said when I was playing, I was like, have you guys 
been signed yet? And he said, no. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're, you're ready yet. And, and Andrew went off. On you? Yeah. Oh. He tried to fight me. Like physically fight Oh, yeah. yeah. He got up on the table and stood over me and I was like, don't do it. And he said, I've, I've, wow. I've, I've, I've had fight. I've, I've fought with tougher people than you. And I was like, I don't think you have. <laughs> <laughs> you said that? Yeah. I, and then these kids wanted to fight me too. What? They, yeah, they lost it on me. Holy shit. And it was really, I didn't want to do that. I like Andrew Dice Clay. You pushed the song on and the song was not like good enough. And I said, it, yeah. I didn't think it was good enough. I didn't say, you know what, you kids suck. Like I... <laughs> I said it as friendly as possible, but it turned into a really big thing. He was thing. so good in A Star is Born, wasn't he? Did you see that movie, A Star is Born, the Lady Gaga movie? No. Nah. Andrew Dice Clay's great. He plays, she, he plays her dad. Oh, wow. He did become kind of good at acting. Yeah, he's really good. At it. I mean, it's such a good movie. I mean, he's a talented, he's a very talented human. That sucks he tried to fight you. But I really, did, it really, but like everyone was like, that was the coolest show ever. And I'm like, I'm happy for you guys, but for me, that was not cool. Like, I didn't, I did not want to make him think if you ever say Jason Ellis around him, he'd be like, he kept calling me asshole dick face, I think. Oh. He lost it. He lost it. <laughs> That's original. It. it was fun. It was funny. Like, I, yeah. I, I but if I laughed, that would be more offensive. Yeah. I just sat there and went, okay, like, sorry. I don't I really think. like it physically. Andrew, if you're, if you see this, you just like his wife. You're probably not gonna, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I got a little taste of of that. Not someone trying to fight me about it, but when the, the game started taking off, and suddenly people thought I was the conduit to success for yeah. their bands. Oh wow! And it was like, dude, this game belongs. You know, this song belongs on your game. Like, I don't know. If it yeah, is, but. I'm it, sure. It was really hard to deflect that kind of stuff, especially because I would be out and about and people were just like, oh, this, please listen yeah. to this right now. This has to be on your game. Well, if I wrote that song in 1994 and it's 2023, we're, what is that, 30 years, 20 years? Yeah. I'm terrible at math. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're coming up on 20, 30. Yeah, coming, coming up, up on 30. 30. Coming up on 30 that I wrote the song and it still has such an impact. It's our biggest streaming song. It's the song we play last every night. It's the biggest circle pit stage diving song of our set. Like, I don't blame these bands for wanting to get to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, here we go there. with this. Yeah. <laughs> it's the song that if anyone has footage of me and they make a video edit of me skating, they use that song. Yeah, it makes like, sense. I'm not talking about people I work with. I'm just saying if someone catches me skating, they're just uh, like, ah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I... I uh, I can't thank you enough. I'm so I'm so grateful. You oh know? man! Well, I, hey, I, I I appreciate you guys even offering it up and and how it became sort of this uh, sound. It became the soundtrack. Like it can it became the soundtrack song to our game series without question. It's it's the one that everyone associates with it. So thanks for writing it. Thanks for inviting me to do it on stage with you. Um, Are you going to do more? Would you Would you have him up again? Because I really like. I'm a huge fan. I'm probably his biggest fan. I'm not fan. trying to make a career. Every time I see a video of it, I'm like, oh, I got to watch it. Oh my god, there he is! He's really singing. I got to try to block out the whole band. You're in the vicinity, man. You're invited anytime. Oh, thank you for sure. Yeah, I think Nick just um, our drummer just became an investor in the X Games. So you never know if you're there. We're there. We're Ooh, we'll that'd be a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm one of the investors too. Oh, you are. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So next X Games, I, I'm not saying anything, but it could be it could be in a vicinity that would be convenient to both of us. Let's okay. Put it that way. Yeah, that'd be epic. Ooh, there you go. That's I wanna, it. I want to get back on that team. That's all I got. All right. I want to be a voter now. So. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Get, I mean, I can't believe that guy did that. It's like, look, I feel like if I have to fight, I'll, I'll be okay. But I don't ever want to fight. Oh yeah, you know, like people think because I train and have, you know I've had like pro MMA fights. Oh, you have, yeah, Sick. And, and because I have tattoos that I want to fight people on the street. Like I think the average person is probably more calm about it than I am. Like I don't like it. Like a confrontation where someone's like, "What's up?" I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> What's up? Like, I don't know, man. Like, really? You really want to do this? Like, we're going to get cut and, like, <laughs> police are probably going to cut. Yeah, like, do you realize, like, how much 
This like this is an inconvenience. We're all gonna lose. Day. We're both gonna lose in this. Like yeah. nobody wins. <laughs> I got my jaw broke when I was in high school. I, I went to this this party and this guy. It was a, it was the football team's party. You know they were all in their uh, jerseys and I was like the anti jock yeah. in high school. Of course we all were right, sort of to a certain extent. And uh, and they just called me the f word and I'm like and. Uh, I just said, fuck jocks. And then the, the quarterback <laughs> runs, I mean, the whole team's there. I'm drunk, runs at me, knocks me out, breaks my jaw, oh, and I've got dude. my jaw wired shut for seven weeks oh. in high school. It was the worst. Wow. Whoa. I remember I, I'd have to that, drink. It, that yeah. sounds like like such a cliche 80s movie so moment, 80s, but, but for us, where it'd be like, yeah, that we would, sure. Yeah. You know, it happened. Yeah. And I drink like uh, those protein shakes, you know, because I couldn't eat food. <laughs> and I remember I'd try and pick up girls with my jaw and I'd be like, if I throw up, I'm going to die. That would be my pickup <laughs> yeah, line yeah. for girls. Like, I was the war. It was <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But still pretty punk rock. I just still don't want, uh, yeah, I don't want to have my jaw broke ever again. That's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. yeah I've had fun. it. It's not like, man, I can't wait to do this again. Yeah. It's like, that's Are bad. Are you still fighting? Uh, no, I actually retired on the show the other day. I was going to have one more fight uh, because this other guy that was uh, not very good was trying to fight me, and I was like, having a fight at 51 is pretty cool, and I'll beat him for sure. But just like I said, everybody lose. Like, I'm not going to – I don't plan on getting completely away with everything. Like, I'm pretty sure I'll get hit yeah. and getting hit in the head with all my skateboard slams and all the other things. Andrew Huberman was here as a yeah. guest and basically talked him out of it. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I was at a show. I mean, I, since all my leg shit, I was at a show when we were opening for the Sex Pistols and first song, someone filled his whole beer bottle with piss and just threw it on me, song one, and just covered. I'm drenched in piss. It's oh. like, I'm like, I'm on stage opening for the Sex Pistols and I just dive, dove out there with my microphone and I just, I just punched him with my mic in the forehead yeah. and I could see the thing swell up. But it's like those moments where you can't, where you feel like, okay, there's probably a reason I should, I should defend myself. Yeah. And that was one of those times where I'm like, I can't just take right. a bottle of piss yep. thrown at me. I'm okay with you that know? one. But, I, but usually I just, you know, it's, it's okay. Right. It is the, that, the older a, you get. That's a rough one though. That, that's, yeah, yeah, that one's he's urine in your mouth. Wow. Not, that's not what I'm into. And days. he's kind of he's kind of <laughs> disrespecting your band as well, not just you. Hundred like, percent. You're like saying, you know, like f all of you. I mean, all you guys. And I'm like, you know what? N nah. Yeah. No, nah, I'm not going to be cool with that. Yeah, I think that that game. I mean, I got so much self-esteem by standing my ground yeah. and staying on stage and not being like, oh, what is this? And yeah. leaving. I stayed there and I played the whole set. Because you and won. I, I did the whole thing. And it's yeah. like, I had a, a friend of mine I was working with just was, was on tour 21 Pilots and he was getting harassed for something else and he quit the tour and I'm like, oh man, it's not what you do. Yeah. You don't quit. You yeah. just, you know. I mean, that's quit. how you get good at anything. That's it. So if you start doing it for other reasons... How'd you get here in the first place is my question. Yeah. Like, you don't quit. That's how I got good. That's how I'm an amazing bass player or a drummer because I never stopped. And everyone doesn't like me today. No, nah, that's not going to be enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, 100%. Thanks, John. For Thank you for having me. I appreciate for, you. Thanks for uh, your contribution to our game. And, and for I'm just glad that we finally <laughs> got to connect after all this time. Epic. Yeah. Now we'll eat some donuts. Love like, it. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. Like and describe.